a cheeky finger in the bum. I am the Antichrist. Braito with yogurt and all. Emily. This tastes like Steve's jizz. My back is comfy. I wonder if my dick can get comfy too. Oh, I creep myself out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, give me a minute. I wonder if I could put yogurt up their ass. Did it did it make you inadvertently masturbate? Fuckers and their goddamn potatoes. Fuck you! Put the clamps on his nipples. Do it. It's the runs and existential dread. Oh god. Hey dabblers, welcome back to another episode of People Time. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, hey, wait, wait, uh, who are you today? Jake Delahy. Jake Delahy? What is that? It's from the show 30 Rock. Oh, I don't want to watch it. Is it good? You should. 30 Rock's awesome. Yeah, it's hilarious. Well, I'm Jobin, and guess what? We've got guest today. I called you Pistol Pete. <laughs> uh, do you know who we have? Ah... I don't know. Somebody feels like a. I mean, it's like the same language, but then it's also kind of feels like a different language. It's hey, like you're right. Thing. It's knackers in the breeze. Hey! <laughs> Across the pond. Oh, I'll actually let you guys introduce yourself. What are your guys' names? I'm Rose Danjou. <laughs> Rose Danjou. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a mouthful of pudding? I'm Luck Keeper's Reserve. Keeper's Reserve? Luck Keeper's Reserve. Lock, lock, lock. Lock, lock. Keeper's Reserve. I'm definitely not reading lock. that from a wine bottle. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Very fancy. Aw. Well, th- this is Knackers in the Breeze, but we have uh, Rose Jean who's uh, <laughs> actually Luck Keeper's Reserve's girlfriend, who yeah. sometimes comes on Knackers in the Breeze, right? Yeah, yeah I'm, so, uh, AKA I'm a Emily. <laughs> Whenever I force her to be on. Did you pick a French name on purpose? It sounds French. It is, it is French, and uh, it is also the bottle of wine that I'm currently drinking. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> is it French wine or just... From, it's like, French wine, yeah. It's not like from Margate, and it's just like a French name written No, I haven't just given it a fancy French name. So. <laughs> <laughs> where's, where's my one from? Can you see... Lockkeeper's Reserve, I reckon it's British. <laughs> no, I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, English wine is a good wine? Yeah, we um, we live in Kent in the uh, southeast of England, and there's uh, various wineries around. Um, yeah, we're just in the part of England that gets a little bit more sun than the rest of it, so we can sort of ah. claim that we are sort of on the continent. But Wait, you guys get a little bit more sun. Does that even count as England, then? Yeah. I mean, don't get, <laughs> we don't get that <laughs> <laughs> Don't confuse us with the French. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was raining yesterday. I went for a walk and for various reasons I was wearing two pairs of jeans. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's just Kent style. No, I just, I had, it was cold and I had a pair of jeans on. I had a, I had a spare pair of jeans at work. So I put them on over my other pair of jeans for one. Is that hard? Get one pair Jesus. over the other pair. Well, one pair's larger than the other. Um, and it rained, and the, the water was that heavy that went through, like, two pairs of jeans to my skin. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, do you normally carry, like, is this pair of jeans made, like, did you buy it purposely to put over other pairs of no, jeans? No, they're just, like, a different style of jeans, I guess. Uh, she um, often wears four bras on, on <laughs> one occasion as well. 
<laughs> no, so I have like. Well, so I, was, I wear the other three. So usually at work, I have to wear like <laughs> office wear, but because yeah. we're on lockdown, we haven't opened the office to people, so I can just go in in casual clothes. But I always have a pair of jeans, so I, when I go on my daily walk, I can change out of my work clothes and into like jeans. But because I was wearing jeans anyway, and I had a spare pair of jeans. That's it. That's why I was wearing two pairs. So I don't usually carry around <laughs> spare jeans just in case I. I, I just assumed England is just so god awful cold. You guys just have to wear layers. Every day. <laughs> it's not the warmest it's country. Like, uh, no, but it was. Yeah, yeah it's nice today. Yeah. But it was. Nice yeah, today, it was cold yesterday. Cold, cold and rainy. Yeah. Hey, Jake Delahy, do you have a fun fact for us today? Fucking a man. The uh, fun fact is the history of the word fuck. Yeah, as I do to the local moms. <laughs> oh, is that why they call you a motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, it's quite accurate. <laughs> Keep your moms away. <laughs> Seriously, they'll keep them away because I have a problem. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's coronavirus times keeping them away. Yeah. At least two meters. <laughs> six feet. Well, philologists who study language aren't 100% on where it started. It looks to be obviously in England somewhere in 12 to 1300. But what stands out is they believe the first like official acknowledgement of the word is a gentleman named Roger Fuck by the Naval. <laughs> no way. And I am not making that up. It sounds like one of the blokes down the pub. <laughs> I, I think that's what it is, more or less. <laughs> I mean, they know he's a guy. They know he's an actual guy because in uh, their, like, civilian roles, like, you know, they write down the names of everybody in town. For the Chester County Court in the years of, 1310 to 1311 he's listed in there a couple times and was listed as the sergeants of the peace wanted to arrest him but they couldn't find him so i guess he was an outlaw which is fun but his name fucked by the navel <laughs> is actually just they think that either means people are making fun of him because he tried to fuck a lady's belly button and didn't know what sex was or <laughs> thought that that's how sex is supposed to be so I guess he was so prevalent at that, they called him that. <laughs> That's amazing. And there's another public record of a guy named John LaFucker from 1278. <laughs> that one, they're less sure that the fuck in that connotation is, is sex. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant just like, he's a he's an arsehole. Just like, oh, John LaFucker. John LaFucker. <laughs> John the fucker. What, what do you do, John? I fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Damn. Well, <laughs> Keep that guy away from me. <laughs> I fuck. That's my job. And recently I've got a raise. Get it? Wee. <laughs> 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 well, because of uh, how early in the language his name was LeFucker, they think it was actually mixed up with Fulcher, which I guess used to mean soldier. So they're not certain that it means John the fucker or John the soldier. <laughs> so they acknowledged first time that it's written down uh in that connotation roger fuck the navel is a hero <laughs> <laughs> i like this because i've heard i've heard a lot of different things about where the word fuck comes from and i've heard like the whole fornicate under consent of king like it's an acronym or whatever right and uh i, I just love the idea that we have swear words like we we've invented words that we're not supposed to say, or at least they're not polite to say, and I think that's just a hilarious concept that like, like every language has. Like, all right, 
We're all going to come up with some words. Well, These are bad words. Let's not say them. Ready? Well, actually, okay, on there. Um, I went to Wales, um, I think it was 2014. doesn't really matter what the year was, but I went to uh, Northwest Wales, which is like one of the few communities in Wales that, that predominantly still speaks Welsh rather than English. Uh, they all know English, so when we went there, they could speak to us. But when you hear like conversations in the background, they were speaking Welsh. And then we were in a pub, and one of the the bar ladies was telling me that there's no swear words in Welsh; they just use English swear words. So they'll be like "bathwiri wahana wanker," "bellend cunt." That's pretty funny. They couldn't come up with their own; they just took your yeah. guys's. I don't know how true that is, but that I got told that. <laughs> I believe it. I believe that. I mean. The English, actually, if anything else, I think that our language has the best swear words. Do you, do you have a favorite swear word? Oh, fuck. Um, mm. Ass water. <laughs> fuck Todd. I like fuck Todd. Chip face. Good. Yeah, or, or prick. <laughs> ah, prick. I love prick. Right. Twat is good. Yeah, we don't use it as often, but we also say it in a different accent. So you guys say twat and we say twat. Okay. That sounds like kind of posh. Twat. Twat. You're being a twat <laughs> over there. Mm, those two twats are being... Mm. Those fancy twats. It's not uh, necessarily a swear word, but I love the word bellend. What's bellend? Bellend. It literally means like the helmet of your penis. Like the, it's like bell shape, the bellend. We do not use that one. That's awesome. Well, uh, yeah, if we want to get started on our subject for the day. Yeah. Fucking A, I want to... Break free? Oh, sorry. Make sure to acknowledge the dabblers that I am recording remotely in my car. Um, hashtag quarantine podcast problems. So just to clarify, is today, is it a show or is it a program? It's a program! Mm, <laughs> fucking program! Yeah! <laughs> it's always a program because it's a special event, and that sounds more official. Yeah. All right, well, uh, today we are learning about John Harvey Kellogg. What? As the in Kellogg's is in the Kellogg cereal. Christmas yeah. Frosty. Oh, is he wow. a cereal killer? He's not a serial killer. That'd be <laughs> badass. He's the serial killer. He killed it when making cereal. I'm the special K. I K for killer. killer. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that is just because I love cereal so much. Cereal is my favorite food group. Just it's one of my cereal. favorite podcasts. <laughs> you should love this man then, because without him, there would be no cereal. Cereal is the best food. It's got like everything in it that you could possibly want. Oh my God, I love cereal so much. Well, uh... Who the fuck is Kellogg and why do we care? So John Harvey Kellogg was an eccentric medical doctor, nutritionist, health activist, and he was a huge advocate for anti-masturbation. Yeah. I'm sorry? Oh, I, did, I think I knew that. Even though he's well known for helping creating cereal as we know it today, he's actually done a lot of other weird shit we're going to find out in his life. So strap in and let's get going. I got a strap on. Ooh, gross. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do a little quick background just because it, it kind of comes up later. But you find out in the story, a lot of his actions, John's actions, are based because of his religion. And his religion is a little bit strange. So his father, who was John Preston Kellogg, he was a poor farmer. And I guess he decided to have 15 kids even though he was poor. John's one of those kids. Oh, that would that would fucking make you poor, wouldn't it? Well, I feel like <laughs> I bet it's a millionaire beforehand. <laughs> yeah, right. When you're already poor and you're a farmer and you're not making a lot, you're like, well, we'll help this financial situation. I know, just a shit ton of mouths to feed. <laughs> so, Unless he was just looking for some cheap labor, maybe. 
I mean, he's a farmer. That's what I was going to say. Maybe he was just like, you know, the foresight. Well, you know, yeah, I've got to look after him for a little bit, but we can starve him a little bit and then we can just get them out to the field. So. Like, we don't have enough it's workers. And that, then I don't have to pay anybody. <laughs> my family comes from farming people. Like we all, my, my grandparents all grew up on farms and they said that was the logic. Like more kids is more hands to work the field. Okay. Yeah, my dad grew up as a farmer and that's definitely the case for uh, my nan. But they, they just put the put the kids to work <laughs> <laughs> i like to think that like he's the boss and he's hearing his own kids as like basically the employees being like we need more people this is like the workload's too much he's like all right i'm working on it i'm working on it want to go fuck your mom don't you dare unionize <laughs> dad we want health care you can get fucked kill him we can make more the weird thing is, is that John Preston Kellogg, John's father, he joined a religion that was like a failing religion. It's so weird. So there's this religion. This is all in Michigan, by the way, in the United States. And it's in the 1800s. Michigan. And there's a, a Christian group that were called Millerites. And the idea is like, this is a group of people that were all convinced that the second coming was coming, like within their time frame. They even had like a date set and everything. It was like October 22nd of 1844. Christ is going to come back. We're all prepped. So they all gathered together on that day. And then, of course, Jesus didn't come. Are you sure? Are you sure? And then everyone was like, yeah, were you there? <laughs> oh, I mean, um, this is their accounts. And they said he didn't what, come. What day was it? I just want to see if I was born on that day. October 22nd. <laughs> no, no. No? Oh, my Christ. My birthday is October 23rd. I am the Antichrist. <laughs> I could have told you that anyway. It all, it all makes sense. I am bummed that this is a Jesus thing, because when you said the Millerites, is like this is like a Dennis Miller cult. That's fun. <laughs> I thought it was going to be about James Miller, the old uh, Man City midfielder. Be cooler if it was about beer. <laughs> Miller time on October 22nd. Get it? Miller time? That's What, what time is it? Miller time. Christ is coming back. <laughs> Sounds like an American. I think it must be an American thing. Oh, damn. Miller is a beer, and it's a really bad commercial. And they always go, what time is it? It's Miller time, and that's when they get their beer, I guess. It's it's, time for a beer. We have trash beer, but Miller is probably the top of that. I've never had Miller. Have you? Yeah, I've had Miller night a few times when I lose a job, and I don't have (laughs) any other money. I have to buy some swill with quarters. (laughs) Oh, nice. That's what... That's what time Miller time is. Is you're on a gutter like, oh, fuck my life. That's what time it is. So what's so what's hammer time? <laughs> That's construction. Construction. That's when you do construction with really uh, baggy pants. So it's like stop hammer time. He's like, get back to work, guys. Come on, we need this building <laughs> built. That's no, still time. hammer time. <laughs> now it's screwdriver time. <laughs> now it's cement mixing time. Da, 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 da. <laughs> screwdriver time. <laughs> This is how we have fun at work. I like this. <laughs> yeah, I like to think hardened construction workers all, you know, have dance breaks. <laughs> well, I just want to dance because no one, you know, because they all showed up and Jesus Christ did not. Uh, the religion oh. kind of broke apart. Obviously, they're like, "You lied to us," and it turned into a couple different factions of the religion. And this is when John's father was like, this seems like a good time to join this religion that was already wrong just recently. Like, let's go ahead and join up with these guys. And so he joined after Jesus didn't come. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense at all. But uh, funny nonetheless. Imagine how many people would join if Jesus did come. 
Everyone would, surely. Yeah. Well, but those are bandwagoners. Nobody fucking cares about them. They'd be on their knees. <laughs> Going, come again. It's like, uh, not for at least 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, give me a minute. <laughs> Let me have a cigarette first. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he fell asleep, Denny. Yep, he rolled over and fell asleep. Okay. Fell asleep for three days, and then he <laughs> re-erected. Well, no, he just left. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Never to be seen again. Huh. It was recently Easter when we celebrate his resurrection. <laughs> which is weird. He will rise again. He came out of that tomb, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> We're celebrating the wrong day by eating chocolate eggs. We should be eating chocolate salty balls. <laughs> Ooh, suck on my chocolate. That's all I've got in my head now. <laughs> Put in my mouth, mouth and suck, suck them. Them. Well, those Cadbury eggs are full of cream. (laughs) (laughs) You bite into them. No, no biting, no biting. (laughs) Living like a little gentle. I don't mind a few bites. You can nibble. Little nibble. (laughs) Little nibble. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So So this is Millerism. Yeah, and they have a lot of strange stuff we'll get into with their belief system. But John, when he was born, he was born in Michigan, and he was the fourth child of 15 kids. But uh, his family moves into Battle Creek, Michigan. It's pretty close to where they were before, but this is like where the new religion that broke off the old one, they've all kind of come together and they want to be like a congregation that all lives next to each other. So this is why they moved to Battle Creek. Okay. So with uh, John's father, even though he picked a religion that was already incorrect once about Jesus coming, he was still so sure that the second coming of Christ was going to happen soon that he believed that his kids did not need a formal education. So John did not actually go to public school. He went there for like a couple of years, and that was about it, like two or three years. He learned how to read, which is nice, but yeah, he basically ends up going and, and starting a broom company, a broom business with his dad. His dad wanted to make and sell brooms. Lucrative. Did he finally get a handle on it? <laughs> Sorry, that's just a sweeping comment. Oh. <laughs> Let's just brush that one under the carpet. Okay? <laughs> oh. We apologize. I like all of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I dustbin that comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we're clever. <laughs> I'm clever we're getting outshined by our guest do something cancel him come on Jake Delahy <laughs> hang up now hang up <laughs> well we seem to have boss snackers in the breeze we will continue without them I guess <laughs> we seem to lost them <laughs> They've been swept away. Oh, you nice know. pun, buddy. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll cut out all their stuff later so it makes it sound like there's <laughs> more. Did I make a pun? What's a defined pun? <laughs> I'll take what they said and I'll uh, just repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> Editing is a magical thing. Um, brooms. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Why? Do you feel like it must have been like a lot easier to make money back in the day? <laughs> I guess. Like, there's so many people now. Like, and they're like, oh, I'm just gonna make a broom. Gonna make some money. You gotta make a company like... that's original. What do you wanna do? <laughs> broom. Yeah, we'll, we'll invest in that. <laughs> yeah. How can we make this shit cool? You gotta market brooms to the teenagers, all right? You gotta get on Instagram. <laughs> you gotta sing into your brooms. You gotta lip sync into your brooms. I don't know what teenagers do. <laughs> I'm so out of the fucking loop. Ryan clearly isn't a teenager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So John himself was actually, uh, he taught himself a lot of different things because he was able to read. So he was a sickly child. He helped out in the broom company. But yeah, he liked to read so much that he started gaining other skills and math and other uh, subjects because he self-taught through reading. He helped out in the broom company, but because he was sick, he kind of stayed indoors more often than not. Because you said he was sickly? Yeah, he was sickly. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what he had. He just had 1800 sickness, which everybody just had. <laughs> if you lived in the 1800s, <laughs> you had something. I'm, I'm sick of these 1800s. I got the 19th centuries, mate. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh god bad case of it Ugh. it's just the it's the runs and existential dread <laughs> oh god <laughs> but yeah so he kind of self-taught also they were pretty devote in their religion and they had this group they were called uh, their last name were the whites and they were the leaders of the religion and they were all living pretty close to <laughs> each other and they saw that the whites are in charge of the, <laughs> the religion it's a little on the nose yeah i know right Yes. Right. And so they actually saw John as being really bright and diligent because he self-taught and he knew how to read, even though he only went to school for a couple of years. So they took interest in him and were like, one of the uh, leaders said that they had a vision about John and said that he was going to be a powerful influence in God's service. And so they gave him a different job. They're like, get out of that broom factory. That's lame. And you can come print our religious pamphlets for our church. So when John was like 12 years old, he went in and started reading and printing all of their pamphlets, which meant he was soaking in all of their belief system even more so. So is like uh, being able to read and write is so valued to them that he was like special? I think most of the adults probably knew how to read and write, but... Um, at least in John's family, I think John was the only kid that really learned how to read, or at least knew how to read well. Well, they're broom people. They can't be all that bright, but good for John. Yeah, farmers and broom makers. God, that's the fucking depressing. So is it similar to, like, just standard, like, Protestant Christianity, or is it like... They're definitely Christians, and they believe that the second coming is going to happen, like, any day. They just don't know exactly when. Mm. But they're really big on, like spiritually purifying your body by physically taking care of it. So Sounds hot. They don't believe in, like, drinking oh, tea. So, sorry, Brits. Fuck them. Don't want to join that. They wouldn't be, like, ordering <laughs> in a Domino's on a Saturday night, then. Yeah, no. Oh, no, man. Those... That's not pure. Uh... No coffee, no alcohol, no meat. Oh, fuck you. No sugar. No wonder we haven't heard of this religion here. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty much vegan Mormons, so... Ew. Dude, that's like the worst person. <laughs> I don't like the concept of anybody being like, don't eat meat and alcohol. I'm like, nah, I'm going to punch you. You do know that our, our guest, Rose D'Anjou, is uh, <laughs> well, vegan, well right? Uh, vegetarian. Vegetarian. Well, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone's choice to... Nice backpedaling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I, have, I have vegan friends. I can, I can say that. <laughs> Some of my best friends are vegan, so <laughs> I'm related to vegans. Like it's fine. Like I totally get it. It's fine. My uncle married a vegan, <laughs> and he said I could say the V word. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm a quarter vegan, so it's fine. It's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> quarter vegan. I'm not down with the no alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think we can all at least agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> Who are these 
backwards broom people. <laughs> fucking, how lame would your life be? <laughs> like they all just sit in a very well swept room, <laughs> saying, "Yeah, Jesus, Jesus is coming, right? Probably. Yeah. Do you want to twiddle your thumbs again or play Uno? <laughs> I just want to put a gun in my mouth." So uh, John, because he's doing these pamphlets and reading what is on the pamphlets, he swears off meat for the rest of his life. He becomes a, be- a vegetarian at the age of 14, doesn't eat sugar, doesn't drink tea or coffee, and he's pretty devout about it. Wow. Yeah. And when he's a young teenager... I'm just depressed for him. It's kind of ironic that he's uh, from a religion that's like, take care of your body, eat right, and then he invents like cereal, which is like the most <laughs> sugary, <laughs> sugary snack that could like get you fat. Yeah. I like to mix Frosties and Cocoa Pops together. I thought you were going to say Frosties and Corn Flakes. I was like, what's the point? No, Frosties and Cocoa Pops. How to have the Frosties in the bottom layer, Cocoa Pops in the top layer. you got a whole science. Do you put the milk in first or after? Afterwards, obviously. Yeah, who puts it in first? Okay, I just want to make sure you weren't a... I want to make sure you're not a sociopath. <laughs> we're not. We're not savages. <laughs> I'm not a heathen. <laughs> uh, when John was a young teen, he was exposed to doctors, and it's funny because, as I mentioned earlier, he later becomes a doctor. But when he was younger, he did not like doctors. As a matter of fact, most people didn't really believe in physicians at this time, because their practices were often more frightening than the disease that they were trying to treat. You know, this was the time frame when they would cut you yeah. and make you bleed and be like, gotta get that bad blood out of you. Like bloodletting. Yeah, bloodletting. Yeah. And then... uh Well, and I think around this is where you have, like, traveling snake oil salesmen, doctors. Yep, you are absolutely correct. Yeah, so you can't really trust those fucking people. Well, and this is also, like, mental illness isn't a thing. So if you had a mental illness, they would just punch you in the head and be like, quit being <laughs> stupid. Are you yeah. better yet? Let me smack you again. Hit him harder. <laughs> So he won't stop shaking, so we're just going to tie him down and uh, smack him around. I think that everybody agree? Yeah. Is he better yet? I know. Let's put him in the basement chained up. That'll, that'll probably yeah. make him feel better. Yeah. So we're going to chain him to the radiator, um, <laughs> smack him a bit. And then he'll thank us. Yeah. And if he's not better, it's his fault. Someday. It's not our fault, it's his fault. Someday he's going to walk upstairs and be like, I'm better. This is, that was great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. You guys really helped. Yeah, I feel I feel amazing. <laughs> but yeah, just like you said, tonics and snake oils claiming to cure pretty much all ailments was plenty. They had tons of that floating around. Everybody was selling it. So medicine really wasn't it wasn't really doing it at this time frame. But religious people thought that healers were like a good thing. Like Ooh. you could go heal somebody through spiritual means and prayer and whatnot. So it's fine. As long as Jesus is attached. Yeah, they're both doing the same shit, basically. Just one says God while they're doing it, right? Yeah, it's like we uh, we did Oral Roberts. That's what that fucking asshole was doing. Yeah. Don't trust doctors. Trust me. And heal! Yeah, so John, he was helping with the printing press. He wanted to become a teacher, didn't like doctors. But his congregation and the leaders of it were like, we think you should be a healer. You're charismatic. You're smart. So we want you to go be a healer. So he kind of dabbles in it a little bit in his teens and continues on with his church stuff, his his responsibilities there. But when he becomes 20 years old, the church sends him off to a college in New Jersey to get training as a healer. So it's weird because this is like an actual college, but their practices are really weird like they specifically train in what is called water therapy or or water curing mm-hmm. 
and it's just a six-month course, and then you can basically that's, be a that's doctor. Just, that's just swimming, isn't it? <laughs> right? <laughs> sounds official. And when I first heard this, I was like, water therapy, that just sounds like a hoax. Now, I can see in today's age, using it to some degree, like, you know, if you have arthritis or bad joints, like, go to the swimming pool to get your exercise, because that's easier on your joints. Sure. Or we use enemas. You know, they have their place, right? <laughs> Yeah. Stop trying to convince everyone to get an enema, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you always bring this up. The first thing you said when we when we joined this podcast, you're like, "Hi guys, how's your day? Do you want an enema?" I've always wanted to have one. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. You've always wanted to. Sounds like this has been a dream of mine. <laughs> Apparently, not useful, like really clean and light afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> get flushed out, you know, I, feel I good. Know. Yeah. Well, the listeners I thought this podcast was going one way. We're going to pause this podcast. <laughs> quickly and just uh, go another way <laughs> have live updates of it <laughs> i used to have a, a friend who ha- had them relatively regularly and she like loved them and swore by them and i was, I was like yeah next time but we've drifted apart um <laughs> <laughs> thank god <laughs> not because of the enemas that wasn't sure. the, right that wasn't the one too many one too many <laughs> um, sarah but yeah i mean enemas definitely are good i think it's uh you know, I think it's a good thing to do every once in a while, but I think it's hilarious to be like, I've always wanted one. They just sound, <laughs> they just sound nice. It's like I feel really nice afterwards. <laughs> well, so John, he goes to this college. The college is actually kind of cool because it's like one of the first medical schools in the U.S. that actually admitted women as candidates for a doctor of medicine degree. And like half the people oh. that graduate from this college are women. Oh, I approve. Yeah, it's pretty unheard of back then. Who runs the world? Girls. I was thinking that was a rhetorical Beyonce, question. Yeah. You're like, well, many people. There's the UN. There's like different democracies around the world. Oh, oh, wait, the Beyonce song. <laughs> I've only ever heard uh, the first 25 seconds of that song, so I, I was always like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> it's just an informative song. Who runs the world? Girls. That's all I need to know. I'll turn this off right now. Oh, huh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I believe you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's all. Okay. So, uh, John, he does his course. He does the six months. And surprisingly, water curing is extremely popular during this time frame. There's a whole bunch of different facilities that pop up, and people go there. They take baths for hours. They get water dumped on their head for no reason, just over and over, because they thought it had all these healing properties. And that was kind of the theory at the time. John was intrigued with water therapy, but there was like extremists in the practice that thought like you have to drink 40 to 50 glasses of water every day or you have to take fucking hell. Yikes. You have to put buckets of water over your head 50 times, like all these weird stuff. You know what? Just uh drink your weight in water. That should that should do it. Well, I don't know if they actually had, had people do it or if they attempted to, but there were people that thought that that was like what people should be doing. I don't know if anybody actually was like, "Yeah, I'll be the guy who does that." And he finishes his course at the Hygiotherapeutic College, and he wanted to actually continue his education in healing and to actually become a real doctor of medicine. So despite his earlier childhood, you know, thoughts of doctors are stupid and lame, he's like, I actually want to get into this. And with the help of the... Only when it's me. When it's me, it's cool. Yeah. Everybody else is stupid. I'm a genius. Yeah, when I do, it's cool. Yeah. So I have that thought all the time. With the help of his religious leaders, the whites, if you remember those guys, yeah. <laughs> we remember them. The whites. They're still around. Can't forget uh, the whites. They actually grant John... Who runs the world? <laughs> well, 
It's a different song. That's a that's a neo-Nazi song. I can feel it. I can hear it. Oh god. Idaho, right? Yeah, Idaho. Those <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Fuckers and their goddamn potatoes. Fuck you. <laughs> so with the help of these religious leaders, the whites, they grant John a thousand dollars so that he can go to Bellevue Medical Hospital in New York. And John's like 22 years old this, uh, at this time. And he works there for two years. Back then, to become a doctor and to like go get your medical degree, you basically just worked in a hospital amongst other doctors. And then after two years, you're like, you're a doctor now. Good job. So that's how he gets his degree. And That's not crazy, right? It's like residency now. Yeah. I don't think there's just like, I guess, I mean, you just, it's all hands-on teaching. You're not going into a classroom, I guess, as much and being like, this is what we believe, how the body works and how we should apply medicine. It was just like, well, this is what we're doing now in the hospital. So just pick it up and, uh, Hey, welcome to day one. So I'm going to cut this guy and, and bleed him out. We're going to bleed the evil out of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so John, he gets his medical degree. <laughs> And uh, he, he finds out that his church back home is struggling. Like, they're losing followers and all sorts of shit. And so they actually write him a letter. And they're like, you need to come back and rescue us. You need to save the church. Come be a healer. Get our church back on its feet. So John agrees. Got the best I'd rooms. rather be a tank. Jigs. Tank? <laughs> what? This <laughs> eldest girl's online. Like, you have to be like a healer or a tank. No, yeah. Sorry, it's not funny. It's a very niche, I it's like a very it. niche joke if you if you play World of Warcraft or anything like that. Yes, or D and D. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I just I, I, I always hate being a healer because I'm not a healer. I'm more like a fuck. Gotta get in their face. Yeah. So John is more of a a paladin. Is what we're saying. Paladin, <laughs> yeah. <Just> chatting shit. <laughs> I like to do a medicine check on this person. You always roll a natural one. It's the 1800s. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so John does agree to go back to help the church. And it's weird because he basically just takes it over almost as the new leader of the church. Like he, he still uses the old leaders and they are still having visions and then and kind of keeping the congregation together. But John is also kind of inserting himself as the new leader. And rather than treating this church as a typical Christian religion, John sort of turns it into a cult where he like mixes religion with hospital. Like it's sweet. He, he changes their, they have like a facility and the facility is already kind of big and that's where they worshiped, but he moves it into more of it being like a hospital. It's weird. And he renames it and everything. It's called the medical surgical sanitarium. So is, is he implementing... Like actual medical shit now. Well, and that's what he does. He, I mean, he does hire medical trained staff to come and run the facility, and he limits. He kind of limits the amount of water therapy that they were trying to do before, and he starts creating his own therapies by combining his medical education with just honestly random, unsound ideas that he he gets. Like it's weird. So he turns his. He just pulls them out of his ass. Yeah. Sounds like the uh, the 1800s version of Donald Trump. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just try. Have we tried There's to drink a bleach? There's more behind them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is going to cure everything. It's going to cure everything. H how is it going to cure everything? It's going to cure everything. It's going to be huge. <laughs> oh, it's going to be, be huge. I, got, I just got out the phone to the doctor. He said it was a, it was a great conversation. Great guy, great guy. <laughs> Terrific. And he's agreeing with me. <laughs> we have the best water. The water we have is amazing. It's terrific. It's the best water. Ask anybody. 
So yeah, he kind of like John turns his own religion and philosophy into a new philosophy that he's just creating as he goes. And it's mostly around the idea of bettering your health. And the old leaders of the church were still having visions. And John starts talking to them about health and about taking care of your physical body to help your spiritual body. And soon enough, all of a sudden, those old leaders start having visions that are basically saying what John is saying. So he's kind of feeding them what to say. And the church starts growing. They start getting more followers. And it's kind of less about Christ and more about John talking about health. (laughs) So he changes this uh, bastard combination of a hospital slash religious facility into a university eventually. He calls it a university of health. And it's kind of more like a hospital still. But he also is teaching his new methods, which I'll get into what his, his new practices are. But he's inviting people to come in to stay there because not just a place for people to come that are sick, but it's it's also kind of like a spa and a health, nutrition, dietary kind of place for anybody to come. Because John's promoting that basically everybody is unhealthy physically and spiritually, so they should come to his facility and get treated. But if you're actually sick with an ailment, he's like, I can treat that as well. And then he's inviting other doctors to come because he's like i'm the you're all disgusting and unclean (laughs) yeah and other doctors can come to my place because i've got the newest and best practices so come learn and i'll teach you and that's what the facility becomes and it's huge he was treating at first only 300 people a year when he very first got started and then it ramps up to 1200 a year and then it just keeps climbing because the facility, he expands it and makes it huge. It's 15 stories high. Fuck. It's got 1,200 bedrooms, hundreds of baths, a giant lobby. The entire place is covered in marble floor that spans five acres. That's how big this place is. Is this all like um, just like a hospital? Or is this all like Miller religion, religious people? It's uh, still kind of a mixture of both, but I, I lean harder towards... It being a hospital. It's like a hospital spa. It's it's really nice. I mean, he does still preach religious beliefs and says that this is all part of, you know, spiritual cleansing as well. But I don't think everyone is necessarily converting. Some people are just stopping by. At this time frame, people in America are extremely unhealthy. Newsflash, they still are today too. But back then... Uh, People did not take care of themselves at all. They ate terrible food. They would eat leftovers that was rotten or bad, and they would get stomach aches. They would smoke and drink heavily. And so everybody just felt like shit. Do that now. Yeah, right? People (laughs) People are still unhealthy today. But he was trying to explain to everybody that, like, no, all that stuff is what's hurting you, and you need to cleanse your body. It's not wrong, I guess. Don't <laughs> fucking tell me what to do, John. But yeah, good point. But alcohol kills bacteria, so I'm just putting alcohol into my stomach to kill the bacteria. So the more I put in, the more I'm healthy di- I am. I'm disinfecting. With John's story, the reason why he's so successful with his facility is that, like we were saying before, snake oils are being sold on the street constantly, and they're just not doing anything. People are looking for something new to help with their their issues and their medical problems. And John was promoting stuff that nobody else really was. He was promoting not eating meat anymore and getting away from sugar, drinking alcohol, smoking cigars. And he actually was advocating for exercise, which really wasn't a thing. If you guys remember Back to the Future 3. Yeah. Is that the one? Of course. In the Wild West. 
And he goes back to the old west. Yeah, and it, and Doc gets drunk and he's talking to a bunch of guys at the bar who he's telling them that he's from the future and he's like they're laughing at him they're like well what's it like in the future what do people do and he's like well sometimes they run and like they run he's like yeah they run for fun and they everyone just starts <laughs> laughing like they're run for fun what kind of fun is that and they're not wrong so like that's kind of how it is this time frame is people didn't just exercise to take care of themselves or whatever so he's promoting this and everyone's like okay well what's this all about so they go to his facility and it's luxurious it's like a relaxing spa when you first get in it seems very professional and modern where patients get weighed they get a full analysis they get an interview about their health habits and then they're probed in every hole (laughs) that's what converts people i think a cheeky finger in the bum (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, like, oh had... jesus zammy i see a second coming i can feel him <laughs> i can feel the christ in me and uh yeah so they get massages as well so they, he gets them all nice and prepped to feeling good and then he starts talking to him about a special diet that's tailored to them and to exercise and people start feeling a little bit better at, at this time frame everybody had something uh they called it aids <laughs> no, not AIDS. It's called dyspepia. Dyspepia is just a word that upsets stomach or yeah. IBS, probably. Sounds like a cartoon character. <laughs> dyspepia Pew. <laughs> dyspepia Pew. But uh, yeah, so people all around the country were claiming to have dyspepia because it's just basically a stomach ache because everybody feels like shit from eating like meat from yesterday or the day before that they haven't with cooked well enough and all that shit. But John starts adding in his own treatments that are weird as shit. All that stuff I said is kind of nice and even ahead of its time. But John starts doing, like he gets a cage and he puts somebody in the cage and he runs electricity through it. Uh, and it's not high voltage. What? He puts them in a cage? Danger, danger. Yeah. High voltage. You'd explained a lot of good things, <laughs> you know, exercise and... Don't drink alcohol, and then you're like, all right, let me put you in this cage, too. And, not, and, it's gonna be <laughs> and then I'm going to run electricity through it, and then it lightly shocks them. And that's just one of the weird things. He's I should get into this. He is highly against masturbation. Like, this is one of his biggest things. He thinks that it causes all sorts of medical issues, and he lists them off as idiocy, which I think is hilarious because being an idiot mm-hmm. is a medical problem. <laughs> Well, but, if, uh, if masturbating makes you dumb, it would explain a lot about my life. <laughs> Maybe he's on to something. Yeah, same Sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a hard time following the whole... So do I need to be in an electrified cage? Is that the right thing to do? Do I jerk off in there? No, you can't jerk off in there. Fascist. W- what about afterwards? <laughs> um, yeah, but we have to put you back in the cage afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not working. This is a cycle. Increase voltage. It's my second coming. <laughs> do you know what the cage, the cage does it for me the electricity does it for me it helps can you put can i go back in the cage please i like i like masturbating in there more than outside of it come on john rack up the voltage a bit yeah. i'm just gonna stick my dick up against the cage oh that's good that's good oh it's stuff higher turn up the voltage yeah. So, uh, but besides idiocy, he says that masturbation causes nervous breakdowns, warts, spinal derangements, cancer, epilepsy, heart problems, even insanity. Basically everything. He's just like, if you jerk off 
or are flicking the bean, yeah, you are going to have demons and health issues. Yeah. He is awesome telling us to everybody, and he's a huge advocate of not masturbating himself, and he's also against sex. Like, he thinks that sex is the sewage of the human body, whatever that means. <laughs> and he thinks that if the more you resist, the stronger you become spiritually. Well, I'm so weak. He's a weird sociopath. I love this weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> 70s Star Trek yeah. fans are so brave. They're so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> they've, been, they've been adopting his teachings without even knowing it. <laughs> but yeah, so against jerking off, um, John even advises parents to make sure that their children's beds are not comfortable. Like he says that that's why they <laughs> masturbate because they're too comfortable in bed. Mm, nice so he's like, make them sleep on the floor. Cozy. No, if the mattress is soft, it's going to make them hard. <laughs> the mattress yeah. is hard it's going to make them it. soft so we'll go for the second one that's exactly what I've he does i that thought though like oh I'm so cuddly and warm I'm going to jerk off just to celebrate yeah <laughs> my back is comfy I wonder if my dick can get comfy too <laughs> yeah. so he advises to put like dried corn husks and even crushed bricks into the beds of children to stop their urges of masturbating yeah. Yeah, and if they continue to, or if they get caught or whatever, he tells the parents to tie them to the bed so they can't. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. This was all going so well, John. If you get someone with a kink, though, that's just going to have the, like, aspect <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> now tie me down. Tie me down while I right. jerk off. Make it harder for a me bunch to... bunch of BDSM Do you know what? We're going to put this apple in your mouth to stop you speaking. <laughs> or this, this red ball and just... <laughs> Strap it on. There we go. We're going to electrocute you. <laughs> put him on his. Put the clamps on his nipples. Do it. <laughs> to stop. To stop you uh, getting any uh, skin reductions or whatever. We're gonna. We're gonna dress you in this spandex. <laughs> <laughs> Whip him. Whip him good. You want to touch yourself? Yeah. I've been a bad boy. <laughs> You've been a bad boy. Put this git mask yes, on. You have. <laughs> It kind of gets to that point, like the ones that are really bad. He, John, has young boys forced into circumcisions without any kind of numbing agent, in hopes that it's so painfully traumatic that they will not want to masturbate afterwards. He does the same thing with girls. He uses acid to burn girls' genitals or surgically remove part of it, so that way they can't have fun time as easily. And what the hell? Yeah. So John's a freak. Well, I was all on board that, you know, 19th century, he's like, hey, go jog and don't get drunk. Like, that's smart. And now we lead to that's where that's going to put acid on clits. Yeah. <laughs> that, where did that, his mind get there? I mean, I, 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 I can speak for every, probably every male, every straight male in uh, history. We want girls to have fun times. Yeah. <laughs> we like it when they do. <laughs> we, we enjoy it when you are having fun. People time is pro clitoris. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. We like when our dabblers dabble. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so all the stuff you I was saying before, that was all the good stuff that's ahead of his time. From this point on, it's all craziness. So like besides being against masturbation, John is against dreaming. He said that the best sleep that one can get is one without dreams. And it's like the person's choice. So if you were to be like, oh, I can't help it. I just have dreams. He'd be like, oh, it's your fault. You need to make the decision to not have dreams. Like, he's a weirdo. Sure, okay. We get to enemas. My god, the enemas. 
You sound enthused. <laughs> you sound yeah. jealous. Oh my god. Jesus <laughs> god, the enemas. Oh my god. So John is obsessed with cleanliness. He is uh, inside the body, outside the body, spiritually, all of that stuff. And he kind of takes it to the extreme where he thinks you need to poop four times a day. He thinks that's <laughs> normal because he watched monkeys. It's normal for me. <laughs> like, no joke. He studied monkeys and was like, monkeys poop four times a day. That's what humans and should be doing, And then they throw too. it to each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the logic's not super sound. <laughs> but this is where he gets the idea. I get it. And so he tells his patients, he's like, you guys need to poop four times a day. If you're not, then I will help you by giving you an enema, which will clean you out, and then you should be pooping four times a day after that. And he gives everybody enemas. Like, he has a special room that has 15 <laughs> enema machines that is capable of pumping 15 quarts of water up your ass a minute. And this is like him in his own happy world, like Willy Wonka. <laughs> everybody come in. Yeah. He sings a nice song. Line up against the wall. He goes to the extreme of if the enemas aren't working, then he shoves a bunch of yogurt down your throat. He's like, you need to eat a pound of yogurt, and then I'm also going to shove a bunch of yogurt up your ass with an enema. With a yogurt enema. I'm all for the yogurt down the throat. Probably not up the bum, but I haven't tried it. You know, everything once. But I'm a massive fan of yogurt. <laughs> I'm switching my theory on John here. I thought he was a religious extremist, but now I'm going for he... <laughs> genius it's a sado sexist like he is enjoying what he's doing like he's jerking off violently <laughs> at the thought of people not jerking off because he's like i own you put the yogurt in your ass yeah he's like i wonder how far i can take this i wonder if i could put yogurt up their ass you know what that's my goal next month i'm gonna find a way <laughs> just having a good to make it seem so normal and people are doing it look at this they're they're actually doing it he's just laughing it's at so them. easy <laughs> But uh, he also just gives people baths for, like, long periods of time. Like, he'll instruct someone to be take a bath for days or weeks or even months. So you just get in a bath and you just don't get out. That sounds like a lie. I that feel like this like just life. sounds like Ryan's perfect religion. Hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yogurt. Ryan eats, like, a shit ton of yogurt and he loves a bath. He'd just be like, oh, look at me. I'm just going to bathe in the yogurt. But I do love to wank, so... <laughs> no one can see you winking in the bath <laughs> exactly if it's beneath the yogurt god can't see i mean that. it's gonna just look like the yogurt anyway isn't and, it you know, uh, i'm just gonna mix it i don't want to waste yogurt i'm in british i don't want to waste i don't want to waste yogurt by putting out my bum so <laughs> uh, i can't get over that yeah that rose d'anjou said that you're you won't be able to tell because it looks like the yogurt <laughs> <laughs> it won't matter so then when you go to eat it you're like this, you know this what this tastes different <laughs> yeah. hmm. not buying this yogurt again <laughs> this is a shit brand what is this Kellogg's huh, no mm, it's a slightly saltier taste than I'm mm. used to tastes like cum tastes like tastes like repressed sexuality <laughs> that's weird like cum <laughs> just like right on the nose <laughs> oh, it tastes like jizz <laughs> 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 I'm not, I'm not going to waste it. You know. Do you know what? This, this tastes like Steve's jizz. <laughs> Was Steve in here earlier? Huh. Specifically. Um, <laughs> John also creates uh, what's called he calls light therapy, which he just basically sticks you in this kind of small box that's full of light bulbs, and you just sit in there for hours and just absorb the light bulb light. And he thought this was super helpful for some reason. 
He'd also put you out in the sun, which there's some benefits, obviously, to going out in the sun. But he would be like, yeah, go out in the sun, wear these weird diapers, so that way you can absorb as much sun as possible. There you go. <laughs> and he did. And people, um, people wore these weird-looking diapers. You know, a broken pervert is right twice a day. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you get some things right when you're trying everything. Yeah. <laughs> he also did use electricity on patients later on. Like, so as we were joking about before, he actually takes wires and starts applying it to people's skin and even shocking their eyeballs if they have vision problems. Oh. Yeah, so he's like, oh, you can't see so well? Let's shock your eyes. Oh. It's low voltage, but nonetheless, I'm sure it didn't feel good and probably can't be healthy for your eyes. Oh, yeah. He creates a whole bunch of devices that are just, he just makes. It's weird. Um, some of them, have you ever seen that weird exercising machine that was popular, I think even up into the 50s, where it's like a belt that just shakes you? It's like strapped to a pole. Well, it just jiggles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. So he, yeah. he invented that. John invented that belt shaking. Supposedly, it's supposed to help you lose weight, but it does nothing at all. He invented that. He invented a lot of different things like that would slap you and like beat you. <laughs> It was so popular that even later in the 1920s, um, Calvin Coolidge, the U.S. president at the time, he had a bunch of the devices at the White House and was using them. So they kind of take off. Weird. But yeah. My grandparents had one of those. I used to play with did it. Did you ever try it? <laughs> yeah, did you ever try Yeah, I just sit there and you just, you just jiggle back and forth. Is it fun? <laughs> did it I feel did, good? I did not want to masturbate. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> Did it, did it make you inadvertently masturbate, though? Is it like, oh, I don't want to touch myself. So, oh, there's yoga everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's yoga everywhere. Because I was just rubbing up against my jeans. I'm like, uh, it doesn't count if I'm not touching it. Can I wrap the belt around my dick and turn it on? <laughs> shake it. Ah. Belt in. And then my grandma walked in, and I don't know. <laughs> you sprayed her with yoga and oh. Emily. <laughs> <laughs> the, the concern in your voice was so genuine Emily <laughs> oh, Grandma oh, no. I mean we, we were breaking nicknames and everything through that Rose don't you I'm sorry I'll, uh... <laughs> I'll show myself out <laughs> um but yeah because of john's extreme personality in general but also he was very arrogant and headstrong people they kind of were split on how they felt about him uh, a lot of people thought he was obnoxious and annoying while others thought he was intelligent and charismatic so it's kind of like either you loved him or you hated him yeah most people like that but in 1879, John would meet and marry an intelligent girl named Ella Eaton. I say intelligent Ooh. loosely because I don't know what she saw in this guy. But she worked at his medical factory. And this is how their romance life went, was on their honeymoon, he wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> that poor girl, oh. that poor Ella didn't ever get any. I'm pretty sure John's a virgin, like, for his entire life. No way. Yep, so even though he's married... He was so against sex that he, he said to everybody that they were practicing abstinence, that they would never have sex. So That poor woman. Yep. I thought the whole thing of like Christian religion was like, you have to consummate the marriage. Yeah. Yeah, like you can, you can fuck after you're married. Yeah, so right. if they 
didn't consummate the marriage, then they're not properly married? I don't know. Yeah, and he said that they didn't consummate, and that it's funny coming from a kid who, you know, is a sibling of 15 <laughs> kids. <laughs> yeah. Like, his parents got it on, but he was, I, I think he might have been kind of a sociopath and maybe a little bit odd and thought sex was bad or something, so he never did. Yeah. yeah. So no sexy time for his wife. Unfortunately, that used to be a thing if you were, you know, gay or, or had some kind of kink and you knew you had to suppress it. It just makes your sexuality fucking weird. Yeah. All he wanted to do was fuck yogurt. I just feel bad for his <laughs> wife. At least I'm not the only one, mate. <laughs> <sighs> well, uh, in the 1980s, the facility had become so big that John needed additional help with someone keeping track of their accounting, their books, and he decides to hire his younger brother, Will Keith Kellogg. Now... Will Keith was just working in the broom factory this whole time, <laughs> like <laughs> his father's broom factory, and it was dying. He wasn't doing well, and so when John hits up Will to come work with him, Will's like, yep, that sounds way better. I'll come do that. But John and Will don't have a good relationship as brothers. They're about 11 years apart, and John kind of treats Will like shit. He beats up on him hmm. and calls him names, I think, like what brothers normally do, but he takes it even further, just treats him poorly. Makes He makes his own brother call him dr kellogg <laughs> so he's like will you call me dr kellogg don't call me john don't act like you know me <laughs> so they kind of are have a weird relationship yeah they're fucking that's it's not weird they're <laughs> having butt sex maybe so him, him and his brother and it's not weird yeah <laughs> it's not weird it's not weird it's just <laughs> he's like will let me tell you let me i'll show you something i've learned we're gonna <laughs> add yogurt into this yogurt and electricity it's so good. And cornflakes. It's called a man enema. <laughs> Manama. Manama. <laughs> Get the yogurt. <laughs> for eating? No. Well, some, but no. Some. Afterwards, it's for eating. Oh, I creep myself out there. <laughs> Me too, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, so John, even though, yeah, he's a virgin, so they don't have kids, he does adopt, like, 40 children from the poorest parts of the country, which is nice, but at the same time, he kind of uses it to capitalize on the scenario by throwing them through his system of being like, I'm going to make these the healthiest kids ever. You'll see that you can take any specimen from any walk of life and turn them into a healthy, well-behaved person, which is fun because... One of the kids named George, yeah, he resisted everything that John threw at him. He wasn't well-behaved. He didn't clean up after himself. When he got older, into his teens, he picked up drinking, and it kind of embarrassed John, which is funny to me. He was like, this, like is, jerking off. this is supposed to work. So John instead claims that, okay, well, this isn't my fault. Some people just have bad DNA, and that's what it is. And he gets really, <laughs> takes it to the next step. He goes in full on like eugenics, like Nazi eugenics. I mean, I guess Nazis aren't really at this time frame. But he did it before it was cool. Yeah, it was <laughs> proto. It's like proto eugenics. Yeah, because it started as a French guy. But uh, so in in 1886, John went. He went out to make more outrageous claims, especially about medical advice. It gets to the point where some of the other medical doctors that are in the area. Are come they're kind of complaining about what he's saying. They're like, you're overstepping, you know, normal medical procedures. Yeah, it's the 1800s. We get it. 
we're not the best, but you're not testing stuff before you're saying it works. And they try to have a vote to actually kick him out of his position <laughs> and to not be a medical doctor. And it's funny because... Bro, you are fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we like masturbating. Get out. <laughs> we're all wankers here. <laughs> you're crazy. But they have this voting going on. And it's funny because no one says that John can't vote. So he does. And he wins by one vote. So he doesn't get kicked out. Isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to get into a new type of breakfast. At this time frame in America, breakfast was pretty unhealthy. Like I was saying before, it's just mostly people recooking their leftovers from the previous nights before. It's usually heavy foods like meats and potatoes. Thank God American breakfast has changed. It's no longer unhealthy. <laughs> I know, right? It's still pretty bad. I eat the worst shit for breakfast. Well, so the same reason why I probably feel like shit after I eat breakfast, because it's terrible. This is how everybody else was feeling the same way in the 1800s. So everybody had a stomachache all the time. And this is where John is like, I have to come up with an idea to be able to feed everybody a, a breakfast that's healthier. And I'm against meat already, so that's easy. The problem is, is wheat and grains, all this stuff is kind of hard to put together in the morning like i have to crush all the wheat and all the grains and i have to work at it for a while which means i have to get up earlier in the day and then i can toast it and then eat it and it's just too time consuming so he wants to find something that's much easier to make and that isn't meat and sugar so john decides to take a page from his religion and the leader uh, of his old religion and they start to push people to eating grains wheat nuts and fruit for breakfast, but he's going to start trying to find a way to make it so it's simplified that they can just pour it in a bowl or whatever and start eating it rather than making it themselves. And he sends his team... Convenient. Yeah. That's as convenient as burning off a clitoris in the morning. <laughs> so uh, John and his brother actually get to work on trying to make this edible breakfast that's easy to make. And John was really obsessed with it, wanting it, wanting it to be boring. Like, he didn't want it to be too tasty because he said that he didn't want his patients to get too excited or overstimulated. He's like, I don't want to be too close to masturbation. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the cereal to give you a heart on. Yeah. I fucking love this cereal. Do you know what? I'm going to fucking oh. love the cereal. <laughs> I'm going to need five minutes, lads. <laughs> but Will was, like, on the other side. He's like, I think we should add sugar to make whatever we're going to make tastes better. And of course, John's against sugar. So he's just like, nope, nope. But we need to figure out how to... They, what they did is they found out that somebody was making wheat. They're kind of like shredded wheat. You know how we have shredded wheat today for like kind of a cereal? Yeah. And they tried to give that to their patients, but the patients were like, this tastes like bales of hay. Like this sucks. <laughs> and so they're like, all right, we'll try yeah. to come up with something else. And they wanted to make flakes. They wanted to try to get wheat and turn them into flakes, but they couldn't quite get it to work. So John, who was super busy with everything, was like, Will, I need you to work on this. Figure out how we can make this into a breakfast that's easy to cook up. And along with that, they did come up with some other ideas. Like they came up with a kind of a veggie burger where they just mashed a bunch of vegetables together, cooked them up, and made it into kind of a burger-like thing. Didn't really take off, though, for them. They didn't make it's it taste gotta, very good. It's going to be one of, the, one of the first times anybody tried that shit. Yeah, and they also came up with a granola bar. So, like, they took cornmeal, Ooh. oatmeal, and they baked them together. 
Unfortunately, somebody had recently already done this and patented it, so they're like, you can't use that. You can't make granola bars. I already made them. So John's like, well, fine, fuck. They do come up with cornflakes, and here's kind of how the story goes. It may not be super accurate. It's a little bit of a mixture of history and kind of what was told in the story. So while the two brothers were working together, John was really busy. He tells Will to keep working on it and to try to make small flakes. So Will kept trying over and over, and he was getting frustrated, and he grabbed out a bunch of wheat dough, and he left it on the counter and went home for the day because he couldn't figure it out after they were working on this for months. When he came back the next day and found that the dough was out, it was like all old and stale. He was kind of frustrated and decided to run it through their press anyways. And when he did this, it flaked and thus making cornflakes. He cooked it up, of course, he baked it in the oven and he showed his brother and they're like, this is it. This is what we were, what we were trying to make. And they stick it into... They, or they start giving it to their patients, and the patients love it. It's a huge hit. And they're like, perfect, we, we've come up with the perfect breakfast that's healthy, that doesn't have meat, and this is what we're going to tell everybody that breakfast should be. So the other part that's kind of funny is John started already telling everybody that if they ate cornflakes, that they would stop masturbating. Like, it was a cure <laughs> to people who had the urge to masturbate, which is just fun. That's just. It, I can Why tell not? you right now, it's not true. I've eaten cornflakes. Yeah. And, I can tell uh, you, I've, I've eaten cornflakes and then masturbated. I've done a <laughs> so, while masturbating. I've, actually, I've done it at the yeah. same time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you haven't really lived. You tried it. <laughs> so even though it was Will who accidentally found the answer to make cornflakes, John was the one who claimed credit for it and told everybody that get this, it came to him in a dream. That's right. The thing that he said people shouldn't be having earlier in his teachings. And it was, I bet it was a wet dream as well. Yeah, probably. And with John still being busy all the time, he tells Will to continue making the cornflakes, start marketing it to his the, their patients and their... They have like kind of like a newspaper or news magazine that goes out that people can subscribe to for health benefits and spiritual benefits. And so he wants that to get put into their magazine that goes out monthly and to basically sell these cornflakes. But he doesn't want it to be mass production. He doesn't want it to be just sold to anybody. It's only to their patients and people who subscribe to their magazine. Will is trying to push John into actually selling it at like grocery stores. He's like, this is big. Like You should sell this. John's like, no, 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 that's ridiculous. And at this time, the whole facility starts going downhill. They go into a lot of debt. John keeps trying to expand like more and more. Uh, they're buying more newer equipment, and it's getting heavy into debt. There's also a fire that burns down part of the facility, and because they're so much in debt, John can't really afford to rebuild it at the time. In 1891, a man named Charles W. Post arrives at the facility, and he was checking himself in for dyspepsia. And he would continue to visit the facility over the next couple of years, but he gets really interested in the cereal, cornflakes. And he starts hanging around. Hello, I, I jerk it too much. Um, I heard you guys <laughs> have a thing for that. Yeah, he's like, I'm trying to stop masturbating, but it's hard, literally. I don't know what to do. I've already shoved yogurt on my ass. <laughs> I've tried it all. I've got the shaky belt. I've put the shaky belt around me and then put it out my ass as well. <laughs> Nothing. Still <laughs> masturbating. Nothing seems to work. Vigorously. Yeah. Constantly. I'm masturbating right now while talking to you. You guys can help, right? They're just shoving cornflakes into his face. More, more. 
God damn it. This one's not gonna be a tough nut to crack. <laughs> he's right, he's he's busted in that. But he starts he starts hanging around in the kitchen, this Charles Post guy, and he's watching them make the cornflakes. And even one of the cooks tells John, he's like, This guy's watching us make this, like pretty intently and john is like let him see everything like this is how great we are we make the best of everything he can watch yeah charles totally steals the recipe he totally does he goes off makes his own brand of cereal which are basically cornflakes and makes millions of dollars on it like almost overnight people say he was at the time frame made the most money in the shortest amount of time and he calls oh yeah uh, he does add in grapes that's the american dream yeah. <laughs> Steal from a dipshit and get rid of it. Well, that's the old American dream. The new American dream is exactly that whilst wanking. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I dream about it all the time. Now, you might have heard of this cereal that he makes. Uh, it's called Grape Nuts. I wouldn't know, say it's a popular cereal, but they're still around. Um, at the time, like he actually was putting like dried up grapes in there, so that way it would add some sweetness. Oh, when, yeah. you, when you say he's putting grape nuts... Uh, in there. Sorry, he's putting grapes in his cereal. So, right, 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 right. Yeah, so he called it grape nuts, and it was just wheat and corn, and it was all flaked out, and then he added little grapes, basically raisins, to try to sweeten it up, and that was his cereal. So, um, this actually kind of makes John super pissed off, and he tells Charles that he stole his idea and is making a shit ton of money off of it. Charles doesn't care. He's like a millionaire now. So they kind of argue back and forth. At one point, Charles does come to John's facility again, and they get into another argument. And it's this is so stupid, but I'm going to say it anyways. Charles calls John a dog, and John replies back by saying, yes, but do you know what dogs do to posts? Because his last name is Post. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to urinate on you. So, yeah, it's so dumb, but I had to put it in there because, yeah. <laughs> <It's> dumb. <laughs> this is history, folks. <laughs> um, the amount of money that was being made in cereal, it kind of creates almost like a gold rush-like scenario. Because Charles Post made so much money, and the only people who knew how to make cereal at the time was in Battle Creek, Michigan, people start flocking to Battle Creek, and they open up shop. They go learn how the cereal is being made, and then they create their own business, and they start competing, wow. and it's like hundred great cereal boom. Yeah, it's weird, like how big of a market oh. it is, and there's like a, over a hundred companies making cereal in this tiny little Battle Creek town. <laughs> it's just kind of funny to think about. And the whole time, the people who actually created cereal aren't selling it to anybody. It's just kind of stupid. So Will wants to <laughs> sell cereal, and John doesn't still. Even though people are now making tons of money off of it, John has no interest in it at all. He wants to keep just giving it to his patients and keep working on his own facility. And Will is about ready to leave. He's like, I'm going to go make my own company then. Like, my older brother sucks. He treats me like shit. Dr. Kellogg sucks. So just as he's about to leave, the entire facility burns down. What? Yeah, it catches fire, and the five acres that it is, it all goes up. And so John asks Will, he's like, man, uh, I know you're about ready to leave, but can you help me rebuild this? I've got some investors, and we're going to get this bigger than before. And so Will's like, I really don't want to, but okay. I'll help you rebuild your stupid company, and then I'm going to go do mine. And John's like, fine. But while Will is helping him, he's still testing out like how to cook the cereal differently and how to make it taste better. And one day while John is gone, 
Will adds the cardinal sin of adding sugar to it. And he's like, this is delicious, and nobody has done this yet. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And so John comes back, sees what he's done, and they get into a huge argument about it. And Will's like, this tastes so good. This is how we should sell it, and we should. And John's like, you're a sinner. You're the worst. So Will just leaves. He's like, you know what? Fuck you, buddy. I'm going to go make my own cereal. And he does. He blows up huge. He becomes a millionaire and starts making a million dollars a year, every year. Who did? Uh, John or his brother? Will did. Will took Will, the cereal Will. with sugar, and he made his own sugar or his own cereal company. Wow. John never gets involved with the cereal. He only sells it to his patients, pretty much. And the two brothers get into a huge argument. They're fighting about... Because John still feels like this was created in my company, in my facility. This is still technically my product, and I only want to sell it to my patients. And Will's like, I'm the one who actually discovered how to make a flake, and I added sugar to it, so I'm going to sell it to whoever I feel like. And they get into like legal battles and everything, especially because they both want to use the name Kellogg. So Will wants to use it on his cereal, and... John just wants to use it for everything. His facility, his cereal, any other food that he makes. And it goes into a 10-year lawsuit. Aww. 10 years? 10 years. It gets all the way up to Michigan's Supreme Court. And they actually favor inside of Will. So Will gets to use the name Kellogg's. Well, and it's, it's like he said. He, he learned how to flake it. And he wasn't stupid and made it dry and gross. Yeah. So. Have you been trolling us the whole time? You talk about like John Kellogg, but really as a Will Kellogg. But Will Kellogg, yeah, Will Kellogg is the guy. So I mean, oh like God. Will Kellogg's the one who discovered it. He's the one who adds sugar to it, and he's the one who goes and ends up making the company. However, I, I know it's kind of weird because I'm I base this all around John. That's because I mean, one, his life is a little bit more interesting in general. But it's Will who is the Kellogg brand that we know today. Now, he goes on to be more successful. His marketing is brilliant. Will's is. And because he's got sugar in his, his cereal tastes better than everybody else's. I don't know why nobody else thought like, oh, add sugar to it. But he uh, ends up becoming a multimillionaire. And so John, he continues on with his facility. It struggles, especially during the Great Depression. He keeps on trying to add in new weird therapies that don't really take off and people are starting to see him more as a quack than as an actual doctor and in 1933 john's facility actually goes under and it's taken over by the bank so john just leaves battle creek michigan he moves to florida he somehow opens up a new much smaller sanitarium and he just kind of stays there until he's like in his 80s trying to still discover new health and medicine procedures the funny thing is, is he actually is one of the first doctors to discover the risks of high blood pressure. So even though he's still doing all these weird-ass, crazy shit, hmm. he is landing on some stuff that we now use today in the medical field. It's just a very Florida situation, too. Yeah. For an 80-year-old guy to be screaming at people not to touch themselves and then somehow discover blood pressure right well especially because his mental health declines like big time he gets to the point where everyone says he just rambles nonsense like it's not even coherent he is found on newspapers where he is exercising and what looks to be like a g-string and there's like little columns about him being like he's rambling but he talks about how 
this is the exercise outfit that everybody should wear when they exercise. And it's this old... That's what I've been telling Rose D'Anjou. <laughs> <laughs> Just a G-string, nothing else. But yeah, so in 1943, John Harvey Kellogg, he dies at the age of 91, and just before John died, he had an assistant write out a letter to send to his brother Will. And the assistant, she had a, like, I guess she ends up losing the letter, but she knew what it said. She read it, and it was an apology. That was basically for all the abuse that John put Will through, and that they had such a huge disconnect, especially after the lawsuit that they went through for 10 years. They stopped talking to each other after that. And the letter never made it to Will, but in 1951, when Will was 91 years old, and on his deathbed, someone actually ended up bringing it up to him. They're like, oh yeah, so your brother, John, before he died, wrote a letter to you. It's gone now, but we do know it was an apology letter for all the shit he gave you and did to you over the years. And Will was super upset. He's like, why didn't anyone tell me about this sooner? And then he pretty much dies a little bit later on. And both brothers died at the age of 91. So that's kind of the story of the Kellogg's. Um, obviously, that's John's... pretty impressive in itself, done at 91 in, what, 1800s, 19, early 1900s? Yeah, they're now in the 1900s when they die, but yeah, they, they grew up in the late 1800s. Yeah, I just Googled them to see if I could find a photo of him in his like exercise song, and it said he's about just, him he's being... He's just wanking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it says about him playing a part in like the origins of the eugenics movement. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he was talking about that earlier. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how involved he got. I know he was very outspoken about it. Mm. And he did meet up with a lot of different scientists and a lot of different uh, medical doctors all around the world, which I didn't really go too much into. But I'm pretty sure he was advocating as he was traveling around the world about eugenics being the way to go and that we should not let certain people breed, as he would say. And we, brown. Yeah. Brown, or if you were. A criminal. He thought that your criminal genes could get passed down to your children, or if well, you were dumb, li- yeah. Liverpool supporters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I still can't find a photo of him and his exercise thing, but I have found that he had a pet cockatoo. <laughs> yeah, there's video of him too. You can see of him exercising, doing really weird exercises, uh, in that g-string. If you want, I can send it over to you later. I'll have to find. I've it. yes, I've please. known many a people in a g-string that love a cockatoo. But yeah, please send that video through. Oh, I will. And we can jerk off to it. <laughs> Just to rub it in his face. The yeah. yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> How do you like that, John? How do you like that? How do you like that, John? So I do have some fun facts that I will quickly go over. It won't take too long. Uh, here's a, a list of some famous people that visited John's medical facility while it was up and running in its heyday. Um, Henry Ford Ooh. had visited it and got treatment there. Sure. Thomas sure. Edison had visited as well. I bet that was a light bulb moment. Yeah, <laughs> right? Aha. Mm. Uh, Amelia Earhart was probably my favorite one because she used to go there Shit. before she'd go on Woo-hoo. her long flights. So she would stop by, get like a massage and kind of do a spa day type of thing and then would go on to one of her long flights. You know, knowing that she did all these uh, heroic long flights with an ass full of yogurt, <laughs> you know, gives history a nice... I mean, we've all been there. Frame. We've all been there. It's frame. British Airways yeah. or American Airlines. It's all the same. <laughs> Ryanair. Short, <laughs> short haul, but can't do it without my yogurt. Short haul, but the same amount of yogurt. Yeah. Just condensed. 
here's another strange one for John. He was always trying to make healthier foods, and he worked obviously a lot with grains and rice and nuts. And he is one of the people who, like, with a team of like two other guys, they mashed up peanuts and made butter, which he called, uh, he called it nut butter. So he basically invented <laughs> peanut butter. He patented it, but didn't enforce it. And eventually, one of the other guys who helped create it. They overpatented it and then started selling it, and so he's now credited as the guy who invented it. But it was actually John who apparently had more of a hand in it than the guy that's now. His name is Marcellus Gilmore Edson. That's the guy who's credited for it. But it, it was John. Huh. But uh, the the last um, fun fact I was going to give for John Kellogg because I make fun of him so much for his ridiculousness, which he deserves. He did create some stuff that was pretty cool besides nutrition and exercise. He also was yeah. so obsessed with cleanliness that when he started doing surgeries that he would clean the shit and sterilize his his surgical rooms before and afterwards. And this was way ahead of his time. Nobody else was really doing this. It eventually caught on because he was doing it, and it's the reason why we now sterilize so much in hospitals. Well, I don't know if we actually went too much into this at the beginning of the episode, but... We, we did state we have knackers in the breeze here, and I'll, I'm going to go ahead and use your guys' actual names just for the sake of it. If you haven't checked out knackers in the breeze podcast, definitely recommend it. It's, we have Ryan and Emily on right now, and they have Hi. a great podcast. <laughs> We've been on some of their episodes. You've now heard them on some of ours a couple times. Uh, check them out. We attempt to achieve philosophical enlightenment by answering hypothetical questions. Tune in to Knackers in the Breeze. Well, I love the games that you guys play. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the quizzes. Yeah, the quizzes <laughs> yes. and the games, the songs. So make sure that you subscribe, like People Time, as well as Knackers in the Breeze. Check them out if you haven't already. If you are, make sure you're subscribed so you can get the latest episodes from them. Thanks for tuning in, Gabblers. Fart joke. Love you. Tune in next time, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>